Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the WTF1 podcast, Abu Doobie Dabby edition. Uh, we did a pre-race. I was like, why have I said this before? Oh, wait, we did a pre-race podcast. The, uh, yeah, the Abu Dhabi uh, Grand Prix post-race podcast. Get your seatbelts, plug them in, because this, this is going to be a fun one, I am sure. Welcome, Tom Bellingham, the WTF1 founder. He likes finding Hello. WTF1. Hello, Tommy. You're, you're, I'm surprised. There's, I thought it was going to be more of a beaming smile as we uh, entered this with your Max Cape in the background. That was um, yesterday. I'm actually just exhausted from... The, all the happiness yeah. and partying last yeah. night. You were at Toto Wolf's party. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be a bit weird, wouldn't it, as a Max fan? And, uh, and Katie Fairman, the WTF1 author, signed, sealed, delivered, annual out the window. Out, out the window. Out the... <laughs> Post. Yeah, I mean, yeah, whatever. Dude. But it's done. Yeah. It is. It's hit the printers today. All sold so out. So as look we speak, forward. Yeah. As we speak, it's been printed. It's been sent to you. So hopefully, if you're in the UK, you'll get it in time before Christmas. And international people will hopefully get it maybe between christmas and new year maybe early january it's very exciting it's all done yeah you i can see the weight has been lifted off your shoulders <laughs> right three word race reviews let's do this thomas ruas max world champion max zerny official a hollow victory quinton underscore old underscore dalhuis justice at last mixu underscore tapani goodbye for kimmy and dav xl max super max we had five Three-word race reviews today, because why not? End of the season, you know? And uh, there's so much to cover. And, well, we've definitely got a few differing opinions there. But, uh, yeah. How are we feeling? How are we feeling now that Monday has dawned upon us? We've had a lovely three hours sleep. Do we feel like it's all processed? Just about. It's still... I I still can't believe it happened, the the whole situation. And it's not... Yeah, the the thing is, it's now, it's all over the news. T- Formula One doesn't tend to be in the news a lot, um, but it's everywhere. And I've had friends messaging me that have maybe only watched one F1 race in their life that tuned into that one. And like, what do you think? What do you think? Um, I had so many people messaging me that have never messaged me about Formula One before messaging me. And obviously me every that. single time you had a blanket statement of tune into the WTF1 podcast to find of out course. and then just block yeah. them. Nice. <laughs> yeah, no, it's... Um, I can't deny, I'm pretty sad that the championship has ended in the way it is. Not necessarily the result. Obviously, I think Max and Lewis were deserving champions, but they could only be one. That's how life works. Um, but in terms of the fact that... The FIA, Michael Massey. I mean, Michael Massey was flipping trending on Twitter. Like, in what world is that? Should that even be a thing? Um, so He's going to release a new huge... cologne now, isn't he? Off the back of that fame, <laughs> disappointment or something. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, like, oh, it is. It is a bit sad that it's it's ended in such a controversial circumstance. We're still awaiting to hear if Mercedes are going to fully appeal. They've announced their intent to appeal the decision um, of this safety car uh, unlapping under the safety car incident which we'll go into um but it would have just been nice to just have the car cross the line in front of the other and you have a champion and not all of this political legal disputes going never on never going to be that way though was it with this never this season has gone. not one <laughs> percent nope. chance it's going to happen 
Yeah, I mean, everybody just kind of you know, just settling into the fact that Hamilton's going to win an eighth world title. I had half written a tweet about Hamilton's I had the graphic record. ready. Tommy was obviously doing as many things as possible to use <laughs> his jinxing powers at the exact. And, and it's almost as if Tommy had just finished his scheduling of a Hamilton championship tweet and Sifi just miraculously binned it in the wall. There's, there's conspiracy there. Tom Bellingham, part of uh, how, why Verstappen won. Um, but yeah, lots to get into. Uh, Katie, let's start with your three-word race review, shall we? So mine is last lap drama, and that is to do with the fact that, controversies aside for just a split second, the fact that we had the 2021 championship decided on the last lap. Like, Genuinely, the way the season has gone, it just seemed almost poetic that that was what was going to happen. Um, and obviously, the guys came into the weekend tied on points. F1 went crazy marketing that <laughs> side of things. It's the first time that happened since 1974. Um, and yeah, the decisions which we'll talk about, which the FIA made, which allowed Hamilton and Verstappen to be you know, almost side by side by the time the safety car went in from Latifi's incident, um, meant that we got to see some green racing for the final lap, which I'm all for. Don't know if necessarily it was the right way to do it, but at least we got a green lap to have the championship decided. I wouldn't want it decided under a safety car. Um, And yeah, Max went for a a move, made it stick, took the lead. I was expecting Hamilton to be a bit more aggressive, try and get it back. But in the end, the gap was made. And it's, you know, um, Hamilton has had a championship decided from a last lap incident before. That time in 2008, it worked in his favour with the whole, is it Glock? Or is that Glock? Sorry. I'm not (laughs) (laughs) Fake fan. (laughs) Get out the podcast. Um, But I'm not saying that just because it happened to Hamilton and it worked in his favour in 2008 that, oh, well, soak it up, mate. It's karma for this this year. Like, that's not fair. But, yeah, it just just seems so written in the stars that this was going to happen at the final race and the last lap. Um, And it made for phenomenal entertaining racing and I'm sure Netflix are frothing at the mouth at that um but yeah it's it's kind of been overshadowed by this mess from the FIA so I thought I thought this period race view is going to be about Yuki Tsunoda's pass on Bottas but obviously I was wrong oh sorry about that (laughs) (laughs) look at this guy unbelievable Uh, I love how Max wins the title and the first thing you tweet is Yuki Tsunoda wrapping up the title next year yeah <laughs> and, uh, yeah, UTP4. I mean, there was literally a thing in Internet's Best Reactions where I was doing race rundown and I literally went, oh, you know, uh, uh, Staff and Hamilton signs, Sonoda got fourth. Like, you can literally <laughs> see me going, like, what? And uh, yeah, amazing job from Yuki. Don't know how we got into that because that's not what the last lap drama was technically about. But I appreciate you bringing up Yuki all the same time. Just bounce, just uh, bounce. Just, oh, it's all bounce, isn't it? <laughs> it's all, all bounce. It's all bounce, mate. Kind of um, keep it light. <laughs> yeah, like, like a breezy, mate, like a breezy. Um, but yeah, it, it, you know... Again, I, I'm going to put all the politics to one side. And as you say, Katie, that last lap, it, it didn't matter in that moment, really, that you know, with all this going on, it was still entertaining. And that's kind of what I tried to say in IBR is that it's a special reactions that in that moment, everybody was like screaming. Let's be real. Everyone was on their feet. I you was... could hear mm. the crowd at Abu Dhabi and that's saying yeah. something. Yeah. Yeah. And, and louder than maybe any other crowd. You, you hear it like, you know, that was like loud levels of like Monza, Zandvoort, Silverstone yeah. kind of and we've never loud. heard a peep from Abu Dhabi. No. <laughs> no. 
that's Mas how dramatic, dramatic it was. Decided in Brazil. Oh my god, that yeah. would be uh, something else. That'd be rocking. Uh, but yeah, it um, it was just that that lap when it went green. I mean, everybody was on the edge of their seats. Fair enough. We now look look back at it and go, okay. Was that right? Was that fair? Was it manufactured? Was it written in the stars? Was it written in the FIA schedule? We don't know. But Ooh. for that moment, it was sensational and really enjoyable. And, you know, they went wheel to wheel. They went within about an inch of touching, maybe even closer down towards that second uh, hairpin. I've seen a few people question, uh, including my friend uh, Adnan, who used to be the boss of WTF1 back in the day. Um, he was questioning, oh, why did Hamilton not defend harder into that first hairpin? Uh, but my understanding would be that because of his tyres were so screwed, he knew that Max was probably going to lunge it and therefore just try to get as good a run as possible down towards the, obviously, the hard-breaking zone before the second straight. Uh, but I think in, in all cases, Lewis was pretty screwed. He was basically driving on ice compared to, to Max's soft tyres. It showed the the performance advantage that Hamilton did have in that race, that even with Lewis on old hard tyres and Max on brand new softs, Lewis still, still almost yeah. got him back. It was almost like that was the only way that it could be close between them to have a, a proper like battle because um yeah, he could have he could have defended that inside line at the hairpin. You knew Max was sending it there. It was, you know, it's Max Verstappen, of course he's gonna do it. Um, but yeah, him getting a, a good run on the next straight did give him a chance, but Max defended the inside. And once they got round failing to remember the turn names because they've all changed. Turn nine, is it? The new sweeping left-hander. Um, you kind of knew that, that that was done there. Mm. Um, but what, yeah, all, all the controversy aside, that racing was superb. And if anything, like if they wanted to to make uh, a show, we'll go into this later, um, they could have done with not playing the Toto Wolf commentary over the top because that just made it <laughs> controversial. Solid. And it just, it root like, People, if the if the FA wanted to like make that battle and just be like, we don't care, don't don't play Mercedes moaning over the radio about it because that ruined the spectacle almost. Yeah, in a way. I so um, I didn't I didn't like that. Um, a rare L for the team team radio there, but um, the L probably. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> if you'd have said that the title would be decided with a wheel-to-wheel battle between Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen on the last lap, you'd have said it's scripted, but let's find out. <laughs> let's find out. Uh, some questions. Let's dive into them. Uh, House Kerwin? Kerwin? I feel like that's a, something, that's a, like a Welsh name that I don't know how to pronounce either way. Uh, why can't they get the lapped cars out of the way earlier behind the safety car? That would put a lot of this FIA wants Red Bull to win nonsense to bed. It's quite funny as well, all the people that have said that the FIA want Mercedes to win, they've, they've very much um, been quiet now uh, after, after Abu Dhabi. Um, my understanding of that is that, uh, well, they weren't able to because there were technically marshals on the track and they can't let any lapped cars go through until the instant is completely cleared. Uh, and obviously there was probably, you know, there was... It was, they, they put something on the track as well, didn't they? Because obviously it was a crash car. There's probably oil spilled and stuff like that. They had to then kind of, oh no, it was fire, it was fire extinguisher spray or whatever. Anyway, they, they were basically just sorting it out as far as I'm aware. And they didn't leave it any longer than they could because they even came out and said that there was a strong will for the last lap, last lap to be green flag racing. So I don't think they could have done it any earlier by the rule book, but then again, they could have just made it up and done whatever they want anyway. 
<laughs> yeah, I read I read a lot online. Um, Damon Hill wrote it and a few others that said before the race, the teams agreed that they would do whatever possible to make sure that the race went under uh, yeah. green flag at the end, which is probably why Hamilton was going absolutely ballistic on the radio when he knew that he was on hard tyres and uh, they're on the softs. Obviously, it looked like it was going to finish under yellows, but maybe Mercedes knew the whole time that it was never going to be that way because they wanted this season to end. And uh, clearly, you know, I'm not going to sit here and pretend the rules haven't been uh, bent somewhat to uh, make sure it happens. Um, what What's really annoying is that if it had been what, if there was one extra lap, they could have got all the cars out the way. Like if the cars had managed to get out the way and go around and all the cars had gone past, it would have, Lewis would have been, um, it would have been really tough on Lewis, but it would, you can't, you can't have really argued that it was controversial because essentially that's motorsport. You can lose. Yeah. There's a lot of, t- like, I saw Harry Kane's tweet and it, there's so many celebrities that don't really follow Formula One talking about it. And I think Harry Kane's tweet was something like, why is it you're allowed to, like, why is it that Lewis lost a lead when someone else yeah. crashed? It's like, that's Formula One. He's benefited himself from safety cars a lot this year. Oh, red flag this red year. Red flag. And, getting unlapped yeah. And... Sometimes it's benefited Max, sometimes benefited Lewis. And it would have been absolutely heartbreaking uh, for Lewis having driven that amazing race if it happened. But it would have been fair. And then you would have got that battle without the controversy. And it would have, without doubt, been the greatest end to a world championship ever. But because they did this whole like tweaking and rushing it and and changing their and mind. changing that's their the, mind that's that, the problem. that's what annoyed me and we'll go into it later but the whole changing of their mind all comes down to we had a FI team radio graphic yeah, team which is becoming really problematic mm. um, the the team the team principles <laughs> arguably you could say that Horner moaning on the radio is actually probably distracting. It sounded like he was distracting Michael Massey and Massey wanted to just get on with it and work out what he wanted to do. And almost like he was running out of laps because Horner was on the radio to him. Toto was on the radio and he's like, let me just, let me just do this. Mm. Yeah. It's, it was chaotic to say say the least. Yeah. And to think (laughs) we had such a calm race as well uh, for a lot of that. And, you know, Hamilton just stretched his lead and, that was, you know, obviously we had the controversy at the start, which I'm sure we'll talk about. But yeah, to think it ended that way, it just could not have summed up the F1 season better, could it? <laughs> could it really? It's absolutely ridiculous. Nope. Yeah, uh, no. Like you say, sorry, I was going to chip in with right, the, the question. Um, yeah, I mean, as you said, both teams and drivers have benefited from general FIA rules and race directors rules and also Massey and his ever-changing rule book this year. Um, but what the Red Bull team were saying in their uh, defense for this Mercedes protest is that in the rules, I won't read the whole rules out, don't worry. Um, but they say any cars that have been lapped by the leader will be required to pass the cars on the lead lap and the safety car, um, to which Red Bull says that the rules state that is any, not all. Mm-hmm. So once again, it's wording that comes back to it's not black and it's not white. Like it's a gray area, which has been just the case of this whole season, which is why I think that the rule book needs a serious overhaul. And I've been saying this since far, and I'm going to continue to say it until significant changes are made. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, it was a bit daft, but I, I, I'm not a fan of the fact that people are saying, Oh, the FIA did it 
to deliberately make Hamilton lose the championship or they've done it for they want Verstappen to win or whatever because we've seen it throughout this whole season that there have been things that haven't been punished enough in my opinion like last weekend with Max and the whole his just whole driving in Saudi I think deserved harsher penalties than it was given but then you know, you could say potentially the FIA wanted that narrative that they go in tied on points and if they gave him a harsher penalty, then that wouldn't be the case. Same thing with Hamilton and Mazepin and impeding him in FP3 again, a second weekend in a row. We did an article that said if Hamilton got a third reprimand for a driving offence, he would get a 10 uh, place grid drop for the final race. And it wasn't investigated. And you know, you could argue that the uh, FIA have done that to try and make it as equal as possible and that will go into ideally, you know, the race with a one-two start and all that kind of stuff. But there's always going to be things that you can pick out from this year where one person has benefited more than the other. It's not all against Lewis. It's not all against Max. It's been a fairly even blend of the two. Um, but I mean, we'll go into it, but Michael Massey needs to go get him out um, and start changing the rule book over the winter break. Don't have a serious look into it. The, yeah. No, I know. <laughs> it's just frustrating. I'm just pissed off. <laughs> so, you want to say something, Tommy? No, I'll save it for the the middle FAA okay. part. Yeah, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> Katie just can't help herself. She's I just, can't. I'm so sorry. <laughs> overflowing with FIA hate. Uh, James B zero two zero one eight six. Why was Max allowed to race Lewis, but Signs wasn't allowed to race Max? If all the cars had unlapped as required by the rules, then Signs might have been able to press a ma- pressure Max at the restart or pick up a place had they gone off. Yeah, I find it weird that Ferrari haven't really said anything or come... I mean, they didn't really have anything to gain, I guess, apart from an extra spot on the podium. They weren't fighting McLaren for the constructors. Imagine if McLaren and Ferrari were going toe-to-toe and they needed that second place or something to, to overthrow McLaren and the constructors. Then I think we might have a completely different ball game where we have another side and another team uh, complaining. But it is very odd because, as James very you know, quite rightly highlights... Uh, Max had an advantage in the sense that he had those lapped cars behind uh, him and uh, between him and Signs. So it it, it feels it is a, you, the stewards have given a sporting advantage to Max in the sense of firstly being able to attack Lewis and but then also hindering the cars behind that was on the on the same lead lap. You know, Yuki Tsunoda could have won the race. We don't know, you know, because that you know Tommy, I'm sure is, that's going to be his point as well, but. It, it doesn't sit right with me personally, that particular thing, not the fact that, you know, whoever won the title, whatever, doesn't matter. But the fact that these make, make your own rules have, has just gone on, obviously purely for the entertainment factor and trying to get a showdown between the two title rivals. But that in turn has hindered other drivers. And that's not what the stewards should be doing. It should always be fair to the absolute uh, utmost that they can. And yeah, I mean, obviously I've seen a lot of people say that, you know, maybe they shouldn't have even been a safety car. And, uh, you know, if they wanted to script entertainment, they should have red flagged it. But, you know, that's when you get into a very murky waters when we are literally accepting that the FIA are doing it for entertainment rather than for safety and for everything else. So, yeah, it's just, it is a very interesting topic. And uh, as I say, if if the circumstances have been different and maybe Ferrari just want to go have a chill and relax and enjoy P3 in the championship, it could be very different. Yeah, listening to Carlos speak about this whole incident after the race yesterday, he said it was a very strange situation because uh, he was battling for a podium with Valtteri and some Alpha Tauri's behind with a medium tyre 
Meanwhile, he was on a very used tire, blah, blah, blah. And then, yeah, he said, at the beginning, I was told they were not going to be allowed to unlap themselves, the people in front of me. And then it was decided to unlap themselves. And then some people unlapped themselves, but there was still an Aston Martin and the McLaren of Ricardo between me uh, and the two leaders. And yeah, it's just, I understand to an extent why the FIA wanted to get rid of those cars between Hamilton and Verstappen because of the show and what it produced at the end with the green flag racing and getting to have that battle and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, it does beg the question of, it's not just Hamilton and Verstappen fighting it out. There are other battles going on throughout the grid, even further down as like, Williams and Alfa Romeo I know both Alfa Romeo's retired and so Williams managed to keep that eighth place in the constructor championship but it's not just driver A and driver B like there's so much more going on and I think Carlos even said afterwards that he was kind of a bit unsure what was going on and that allowed Yuki to finish within half a second of him and nearly get on the podium which just proves that the whole thing was so chaotic and so many drivers were hesitant to even comment on the whole thing in the press pen afterwards because they were like I genuinely I don't want to say something and actually be wrong because I had no idea what actually happened so it is um yeah it is an unusual set of circumstances that's for sure the controversy of the whole situation people like you said Matt uh you know saying oh there shouldn't be a safety car or whatever everything was right apart from this whole situation right at the end and it screams to me like it was a panic from massive you know you heard again and we'll go into it it's it's toto and horner on the radio and you know matt's going oh of course they're not letting the the cars buy because they're biased towards mercedes and then toto going no please don't have a safety car and all this um and it's them panicking realizing they're running out of time they don't want massey's clearly been told get this you know, we we need a green flag uh, finish to this season. We don't want the season to end under safety car. And equally, um, well, I totally under I I totally understand uh, the the Hamilton fans being absolutely fuming because I totally sympathise. I'd be exactly the same. Um, but th- that was going to be the way the title has gone. That like everything was going to be wrong like whatever happened like if they'd have kept the safety car out until the end it would be like oh max was on fresher tires and they just didn't want to uh they didn't want to like get the racing underway because it protected lewis whatever he did it was always going to be the wrong choice but that was just absolutely insane to like let's let a few of the cars through but we're going to run out of time now but it doesn't matter because all we care about is the Stappen and hamilton that's the, uh, the, the worst choice yeah that, that's that, what that, i mean yeah the, the absolute yeah. worst choice it's was either that finish under showed. the safety car or uh, if you don't have time to let the cars through, sorry, Max, but you're going to have to overtake six cars and then Hamilton, which wouldn't have happened, but you could argue it would be more fair. Um, yeah, is the fact that they let a few of the cars through, so they're essentially doing like half a rule just to like help the title narrative. Um, my God, I mean, I said after Monza that they will do everything they can uh, to make sure this title's close, but I did not see that coming. My word. <laughs> I bet you didn't. Yeah, especially yeah. when we, we had that. And, it- and some people were like, oh, shut up, Tommy. You just think that Matt's got a penalty. And I was like, no, they're going to make this close. And they're, they're going to, yeah. they're clearly doing these penalties to make it close. 
and which is look what horrendous <laughs> Like that's so bad if that is the actual case because that's not what the stewards and the FIA should be doing. Even if it's not, you know, consciously what they're trying to do, it's the pressure from every side trying to make it close, whatever. But um, yeah, it's just it's very. Um, I don't want to like disrespect people that that love NASCAR, but obviously I know NASCAR has a lot of rules that like try and keep it close, and they and they and they they really want to go to the checkered flag and sometimes like, they reset the race and they've got this whole playoff system. Oh, Siri doesn't understand oh, me. Um, understand. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Not even Siri gets it. Yeah. They, um, the, it does feel like they're implying those NASCAR style vibes of like, we don't care what we're doing. We're getting this title battle and it's going to be as entertaining as possible. Mm. But you could argue it's shot themselves in the foot because there's more controversy than there is people enjoying it. It does certainly feel that way unless they just are going on that whole point of, well, F1 is an entertainment business and look what's in the news. Look at yeah. all my friends messaging me that never watched Formula One. Everyone's watching it. Everyone's talking about it. Yeah, the viewing um, figures, I'm sure Formula One won't have too much of an issue with uh, when they take a look at that. So, uh, shame yeah. the uh, dislikes on YouTube have been uh, have gone because I would love to see what the, like the hi- the race highlights was. Oh, I'm sure it's an absolute plethora of dislikes going into that. 50 50 or something. Uh, yeah, probably a bit like YouTube Rewind, although YouTube Rewind <laughs> usually gets like 10% likes. Um, yeah, back to the back to the issue at hand. I guess the problem is not just, I mean, I don't think there would be that much of an issue in terms of people talking about it if they had just gone with one decision and they'd gone, yeah. right, those Stuck five lap cars can overtake and that's it. But the fact that they came out and said no and then very shortly said yes. That's where you just go, well, what are you guys doing? Like you can't, because they literally, in a very broad sense, they went, Hamilton, you've won the championship. Verstappen, you've won the championship in a lot of ways because of that decision. Because no one in their right minds thought Hamilton would hold on with 40 lap old hard tyres. And so, yeah, it... It's it's just crazy. And, and a lot of people as well, I've seen a lot of comments about all of us and the sense that they think that, well, actually, no, to be fair, you're a Max fan, so you're fine. But they think that we're incensed because of Lewis not winning. When no. I have been very critical, and so has Katie and so has Tommy, about the FIA and how they're running things full stop. We love this sport. It's not because Lewis didn't win the title that we're having a go. Because if Max, had, uh, sorry, if, if, if Lewis had won the title and it happened in the vice versa positions, I would be going just as in mm. because I don't want to see a season go down and end like this because it has left a sour taste in all of our mouths. So I just wanted to cover that off because people think that, you know, as I say, British bias, whatever, um, you know, especially you, Tommy, you are such a British bias bloke <laughs> with your Max cape in the background yeah. uh, and my not <laughs> fanboy, just passionate um, uh, stuff. But yeah, it's, it's just the problem with the FIA because if this doesn't get sorted, we will see it spill into 2022 and we don't want to see any of that, do we? Right. Well, one anyway. more point. Uh, Science oh. wouldn't have got, got him anyway because he was on hard tyres. So. True. Too true, fam. <laughs> we interrupt this WTF1 podcast. A very quick chat about one of our sponsors for this episode, LinkedIn Talent Solutions. Today, many small business owners are busier than ever. Time spent searching for and interviewing candidates can take time away from managing and growing a business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs has made it easier to get to the candidates worth interviewing faster, and it's free. You can create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network with over 30 million people in the UK. 
Focus on candidates with the skills and experience you need. Use screening questions to get your role in front of only the most qualified people. Then use the simple tools on LinkedIn Jobs to quickly filter and prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates worth interviewing faster, and you can post a job for free. Just visit linkedin.com slash WTF1. Again, that's linkedin.com slash WTF1 to post a job for free. Terms and conditions apply. When you're on the internet, it's pretty much a necessity to have ExpressVPN alongside it. Why does everyone need a VPN? Well, every time you connect to an unencrypted network, cafes, hotels, airports, any hacker on the same network can gain access to your personal data, passwords, financial details, etc. It doesn't take much technical knowledge to hack someone either. Just some cheap hardware is needed. A smart 12-year-old could do it. Your data is valuable. Hackers can make up to $1,000 per person selling personal information on the dark web. So why use ExpressVPN? Well, it creates an encrypted tunnel which is secure between your device and the internet. Hackers can't steal your sensitive data. It's super secure. It'd take a hacker with a supercomputer over a billion years to get past ExpressVPN's encryption. It's easy to use. Fire up the app and click one button to get protected. And works on all devices, phones, laptops, tablets and more so you can stay secure on the go. Secure your online data today by visiting expressvpn.com slash WTF1. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash WTF1. And you can get an extra three months free. Expressvpn.com slash WTF1. Okay, uh, Team WTF1 member Michael. I've seen lots of comments saying Merck only have themselves to blame. They made terrible strategy calls. Red Bull played a blinder. Personally, I think these comments are nonsense as Merck had their hands tied for the second half of the race and Red Bull just prayed and got lucky. Or am I missing something? No, you're not missing something, Michael. That is what, what you've seen a lot of comments saying is, is absolute rubbish, in my opinion. Um, Mercedes, being the leading car, have absolutely nothing that they can play with as the leading car. They cannot give Max Verstappen the race lead, especially when we've had Latifi crash. Verstappen's pitted for brand new softs. If Hamilton had pits, whacked on fresh softs, gone behind Verstappen, and then the race didn't restart, they would look like the biggest clowns in the history of Formula One. So they couldn't do anything, nothing at all, because you know it's it's fair in thinking that that may not have restarted because of the way Latifi hit the wall. Whatever, you know, they might have to check the structure of the Barrett. Whatever. There's so many factors at play that Mercedes could not do anything about that. Um, So Red Bull playing a blind that that's the beauty of being P2 and having that gap to P3. They can do whatever they want. They can pit and they don't lose a huge amount of time in the safety car. So there's no issue with dropping behind P3, P4. So Red Bull just did what was available to them. It feels like about 400 years ago now, but I feel like it goes back to the Barcelona Paul Ricard races when whoever's in second puts on a set of softs and then they chase back through the field. And then if it doesn't work, they're the biggest idiots in the world. If it works, oh my God, strategy legends, best thing ever, genius. That definitely paid off. That's part of racing. And like like you say, if Hamilton had paired and lost the lead and then the safety car had gone to the end, I mean, it, that that whole situation, the 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 drama of it all and Hamilton's team radio that was just the beep like he knew like I am screwed here I'm absolutely screwed because worst case scenario uh so so, like he basically he just needed that to finish under a safety car but like yeah he's either starting 
which is exactly what happened, starting on very old tires and having Max behind him on fresh softs, or he's sacrificing the position to Verstappen and has to overtake him on track. And um, I don't think a certain Mr. Max Verstappen will, would have let him through very easily <laughs> when the World Championship was on the line. No. Yeah, I think Mercedes had their hands tied um, with the, the whole strategy this weekend. But yeah, especially the last few laps. And like you say, it's it's as simple as if they had pitted Hamilton during the time when Latifi hit the wall, they would have lost track position. And as you said, is it worth the gamble of either coming out behind all of that traffic? Um, because you know, he might not necessarily have come out right behind Max. He might have come out behind some other cars. And then we didn't know at the time that everybody was going to get pushed out the way to make Verstappen and, and Hamilton close together. Um, and if it had yeah, remained under safety car for the rest of the race, like you say, Mercedes would have looked the biggest mugs going. And I'm sure Hamilton fans have been burning their Mercedes memorabilia in absolute disgust. So they played it as best as they could. Um, but yeah, a bit of a, an awkward situation, but that always happens when you are the leading car. So absolutely. And I guess to tie in with that, I don't think there was any questions of it. So I probably will do that. Um, Sergio Perez and the, the role that he played, uh, I want to apologize to Sergio because in internet special reactions, I was like, I don't know how much of, uh, a role he played. Um, but no, not in the sense that he held him up, he did massively. But then of course that gap that Hamilton had to Verstappen had to be around 14 seconds, I think, if the safety car's flown to then change tyres. But of course, with Sergio holding up uh, Lewis so aggressively, um, it allowed for Max to stay within that safety car window and Lewis was then forced to stay out. So yeah, in a lot of ways, Sergio, with that incredible defence, uh, managed to win Max the title. And I guess following on from that, let's talk about the defence because uh, that was uh, very, Unreal. very extreme. I mean, yeah, I mean, it was bordering on literally stopping on the apex, which uh, I mean, Hamilton can really uh, complain about that after 2016. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I just thought Sergio, the way that he got back past, I, I felt as though Hamilton played it maybe a little bit too cautiously, personally, because he allowed the inside line, which was the only way Perez on old softs was going to get back through on him with the use of DRS. I don't think Perez is going to be able to hang it all the way around the outside on old. I mean, he was very slow. Hamilton caught up to him very quickly indeed. So I feel like maybe if Lewis does look back at that, he may think, oh, could I have been a bit more aggressive? Because in my opinion, it did seem like Lewis was very much walking on eggshells that entire race in a lot of ways. Of course, not with his pace, but the way he went wheel to wheel, he he didn't risk it all. Um, and maybe... Uh, you know, well, I say maybe, most definitely if he had kept Sergio behind, because most of that time that Sergio held him up was in that last sector and the start of the first sector where he was probably going into each corner about two gears lower and just rolling the car in. And that 10 second gap to Verstappen or whatever it was went down to about one in the space of a lap. It was insane. Yes, I'm very much, as you will know on this podcast, Team Checo. I think he's had a, a fairly scatty start to the to the season and middle, but the last few races, he has proved himself to be a real team player, valuable member of that Rebel team. And yesterday, oh my God, I was so just obsessed with the whole defensive driving that he was doing. It was fantastic. Um, I just get so happy talking about it and thinking about it because it was brilliant. Um, and uh, yeah, I would argue that it was better defending than Alonso in Hungary with Hamilton. 
which I don't know if that's an unpopular opinion or what, but um, yeah, it was blimmin' marvellous. I would I would agree because he's doing that at Abu Dhabi, which is it's, <laughs> yes, it's an open track. Like Hungary is a go-kart track. And while Alonso, I think it's one of the most brilliant things I've seen all season, it was epic, loved it. The fact that Perez did that at Abu Dhabi when he didn't really have a chance. Uh, you actually, I watched the race back and listened to the commentary and I listened to Brendel's commentary over it and he was like, yeah, that's the move done. And yeah, Ham- no, yeah. Hamilton got, and then how he dived down the inside on his old tires to then block him. And then I was like, well, he's not going to get past him the next DRS. He's not going to hold him up for the next DRS straight. Did it again. And then obviously the the whole final sector, you can't pass, regardless of how slow a car's going. Hamilton, like you say, knows that all too well from 2016 when he was backing at Rosberg. Um, and yeah, 10, 10 seconds in one lap, pretty much it was like eight or something. Uh, oh my God. It was so good. Incredible. I was actually surprised that Sergio didn't go for the dive bomb on the next lap. Yeah, the me too. So I only... thought that was on, um, yeah. but maybe he didn't want a career into the side of Lewis and make yeah. it very I, controversial. I don't think he wanted the controversy, but back to you talking about Hamilton's driving. Um, I wonder how much, um, because it's Verstappen's teammate that Hamilton was so cautious of like, I don't want him to take me out here. Is he going to take him out? Even though we've been on this podcast and, you know, I'm absolutely adamant that Sergio Perez, he's a fair, brilliant racing driver. He's got, had a brilliant long career and, you know, he's a veteran of F1. He's not going to tarnish his whole career by just plowing into the side of Hamilton to help Verstappen win a world title. Um, But there clearly was something in Hamilton's mind because even on the next lap before he got, uh, DRS um, down the main straight. He could have easily done what Verstappen did on the last lap and lunged down the inside. But he, because Perez left the the door open for him, but he was so cautious about the whole thing that he didn't didn't go for it. So yeah, I I felt like Hamilton was very, um, uh, yeah, not not super aggressive. But then you can argue that's maybe not his his driving style. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, um, next question, Vettel Laporte, Article 15.3E in brackets, states the race director has overriding authority over the use of the safety car. This seems ambiguous. Should use refer to just deployment, cessation, God, I don't even know what that means, or the full Monty, including lapped <laughs> car dynamics. What does half of this question mean, Tommy? Uh, are many of the regs so open to interpretation? I guess the whole point is that the, va- the vagueness of everything and the fact that uh, the race director has overarching power of pretty much everything. It, and it's the uh, rule. It's the massive rule of I do what I want. Thank you very much. Yeah. Unless I'm car, wasn't it? yelled at by a team principal and then I changed my mind. <laughs> So are many of the regs so open to interpretation? Yes. <laughs> Katie has said already that she wants to rewrite the entire uh, rule book um, because it is very much like uh, do this, but then in small print, unless I say otherwise. It's it's very odd and it's not the way it should be run because then they kind of cover their backs of, well, I know it says that in the rules, but it also says I can do whatever I want. So that's fine. Uh, so you know, there's no point having all of these article 15 point billion dot B, C, D, and then the next thing going, well, we can just override it with this one. That's <laughs> that's not the way it should go. No, I completely agree. I'm just at risk of repeating myself here, but the whole point of rules should be you can do this and you can't do this and there's no grey area because we all know Formula One and teams and drivers and everyone else in between will always try and find the tiniest little loopholes to 
exploit to make things work in their favor it needs to be so evidently like black and white but we have seen similar kind of things uh for example in spa this year where the grand prix was temporarily stopped by the formula one stewards in a move which they said was on the grounds of force majeure which is basically them in exceptional circumstances can make changes to how certain rules are followed or you know turns of events um so it's not like this is the first time we have seen them change the rules change or anything like that but i think that the issue is more the fact that this has decided a full-on championship and that it's like completely understandably really upset mercedes um because you know i don't know if we'll go into it but mercedes appealing it uh, or protesting it sorry um I can see why they've done it. Yes, it might look like they're being spoil sports and all that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, the rules weren't followed, which the rules are there for a reason. Everybody plays by the rules. And so for them to have a potential eighth championship for Hamilton taken from underneath them is, is going to be a devastating blow. And obviously the thousands of people that work for Mercedes are hoping for a a good result for Hamilton there shareholders and just there's it's not just Toto Wolf yeah yeah exactly it's not just Toto Wolf and Lewis Hamilton that are upset like it has such a huge ripple effect this one decision that's been made by Michael Massey and the stewards if they were involved in it as well um has had such a massive impact personally and I I'm sure this could age terribly but at the moment they've issued their intent to appeal I don't know if they will fully appeal it because then that will have to go to even higher courts. And it could be that we don't even get a decision till like January, February. But I would assume that the FIA would back the decisions of the race director. Um, because one, I can't imagine they're just going to turn around in February and be like, hi, Max, you know, we wrote your name on the trophy and we've had all of this happen. Um Bad news, mate. Uh, we're going to have to reverse that. I cannot imagine that happening. That would just be completely unprecedented. But um, also we've seen Massey's defending of like stewards and all that kind of stuff. And crikey, if the FIA don't have Massey's back, then that really is uh, is not going to be great for him. Um, but to answer your question that you asked... Uh, yes, I guess he can have overriding uh, powers to change the rules. And as Tommy said earlier, it was agreed with all the teams that where possible, it was highly desirable for the race to end in green conditions, um, which Michael Massey made clear with the protests yesterday. Um, so he's probably just gone, well, you said you wanted to end under green and this was the only way I could do it. So, you know, you asked for this, which obviously Mercedes is like, well, not like this, but yeah. Cool. <laughs> yes. I got, not, got nothing more to add, really. Yeah, Sorry. I, I, I want to add something else, which I found very, uh, I found quite, quite uh, interesting, was that uh, the whole, the whole debacle came from uh, the seven-time world champion's son fighting Nicholas Latifi, who was then forced off the track and binned it, and then saved Michael's record. Just, <laughs> that, you know, it's a hilarious conspiracy it's, theory. It's incredible. Um, but uh, I just found that quite interesting. Uh, well, while you're all- while you're on that, uh, 
anyone that's like having a go at Nicholas Latifi, just get in the bin, please. Yeah, yeah just get you're, directly you're, in the bin. Like, like he's literally racing. Uh, yeah, just get in the bin. Yeah, <laughs> fair. Tom, no, Tommy, absolutely. You can tell it's the end of the season. Tommy's just like, get, <laughs> get in the bin, all of you, go. Uh, right, next question. Ian Rock asks, how do we fix F1 so we have a fair championship next year? My thoughts, no stops under safety car, VSC, and no tyre change under red flags. The lunge, block, and push to edge of track pass needs much clearer rules and penalties that deter. Okay, so basically pushing people off the track when passing. Um, well, I think we just need more gravel traps uh, would be uh, probably a good start. Uh, that would deter people like Hamilton going off at turn six and carrying on. Uh, and things like that you know there is there is an element of runoff course it's supposed to be safer and you've got things like Paul Ricard that have like special grippy runoff yeah, things cool. which is quite cool also shreds tires so maybe not so cool um but yeah there's, there's a there's yeah, a level of it where you, you go just, off you go off yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I, I think I reckon every race should be Monaco and then they got no excuse oh <laughs> Get in the bin. Uh, <laughs> uh, but how do we fix F1? How well, to we lose just, every fan ever. <laughs> we just yeah. overhaul what's going on at the FIA. Hey. Put us three in charge. This, yeah. this, question, this question, though, all the talk of like, how do we make it a completely fair championship? It's like, I'm sorry. I, yeah, yeah, I totally I totally agree that this like whole situation is an absolute chaos bomb. But, you know, it... it Formula One, like there's so many variables and stuff and like safety cars and, and it's always going to affect certain people. Um, you know, re- ping under red flag. Imagine if they'd scrapped the rules uh, that you can't change your tires under red flags and then they'd done the red flag at the end of the race and then the Stappen was on softs because uh, you couldn't change your tires and Hamilton yeah. was... And then everyone would still be complaining. Yeah. So There's always going to be a always going to be... A, yeah. yeah, exactly. And, you know... Made the championship fair. Oh, when Verstappen guys punch you in Baku, do you just red flag the race and go, actually, he's going to win? So, come no, yeah. come back. It, you can't, like, uh, unfortunately, F1 is, well, I say unfortunately, F1 is unpredictable and yeah. it should be. And that's and the beauty. It shouldn't of it, be like it? this. It shouldn't be making up rules to make it close. But the unpredictability when it's natural uh, is why we love it. And that's why we love Formula One because. You know, you start the season and it's like Mercedes have the best car, they're going to win the championship. But things happen and different things happen and that's why we like it. And then you get crazy races where Daniel Ricciardo wins or Esteban Ocon wins. Like, yeah, that's brilliant. We don't. Why would you want to stop that? Exactly. And the fact is that, you know, we have safety cars come out and, you know, we all get that element of excitement. We go, oh, how's that going to change the race? But if we nullify that and we go safety car, but everybody has to stay the exact same gap they were away from each other. It's like a VSC combined with a safety car. Like you just, there's just no way that that can be. Yeah. F1 will never be fair on paper in the sense that we, you know, say a red flag's flown, but again, they get sent out of the pits with a stopwatch. Okay. You were 15 seconds ahead. So you go, it's like gladiators in the final <laughs> where they have like a 10 second. That's a, that's a bigger, big old boomer reference that. Um, yeah. I don't think they need to fix it as such to make it fairer. I think, Tommy kind of alluded to it. The rules just have to be clear that everything happens. Like there is a rule for everything. And that's very difficult because F1 has so many variables, as Tommy says. But at the same time, there, there's definitely steps forward that there's can be made. 71 years of history that you can go back and try and see what's happened. That's one of the good things about Formula One is that it's not something that's happened in the last five years. Like we have so much history to go back and make sure that, okay, that, 
wasn't handled well, we're going to amend it. Like in the sporting regulations, it says if there's less than 12 cars available for a Grand Prix, then the FIA have the right to cancel it. I don't know when that was specifically brought in, but I imagine it was probably influenced by the 2005 US Grand Prix. Um, You know, all these things should shape the regulations into what they are today to make it absolutely like, whatever the word is, uh, like not foolproof, but no, no like errors that can be made or yeah, pretty much. Um, so it is, uh, it is a weird one. If I had to change one rule, one thing I would like changed is the fact that if you cause a red flag or a yellow flag in qualifying that you get your lap time, you gone. So, um, I I think we discussed that actually, didn't we? And, and where, where's the line for that? Because of course, you know, we can get red flags for a bit of debris that someone kicks up off off a bollard or a bit of a front end plate comes off. And I guess it's then measuring how far do you have to go? Do you have to actually bin it? Do you have to, you know what I mean? So that there, again, it it just highlights, doesn't it, how difficult everyone is yeah, to, 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 like to change that sort of thing. In, like in Canada, there's loads of um, animals and stuff Ground that run over yeah. the... Yeah, Ground like if you accidentally do a <laughs> run over a groundhog, and, disqualified. Yeah, literally, <laughs> that, that might be a bit harsh. That's what I'm thinking is like, need to word it well. Um, but yeah, that's about the only yeah. rule that I think. Oh, I, I can word it pretty well. Just put it in the rule book. If you bin it, your lap time's <laughs> gone. Lovely, you know. <laughs> but to be fair, I think the um, the no tire change under red flags. I, I I still think they could, should be able to change tires, but I don't think they should have their mandatory pit stop. Like, that's I think the 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 difference here, and that's the annoyance for people mm. in Saudi that Max was able to change his tires and it. No, I was going to say but, if that rule came in yesterday and the race was red flagged all the Hamilton fans would be like, oh, this is brilliant because Hamilton can change to soft tyres and he won't have to do a pit stop and it works well for him there. It's literally the perfect example of didn't work well in Saudi but would have worked perfectly in Abu Dhabi. So It's almost like a championship that's decided over 22 races where crazy things happen constantly. And uh... <laughs> Oh, my God. Are you up to something? We've had 22 races. I felt like we've had 52, to be honest, every week of the year. Uh, right, let's move on now. Uh, you thought that that was ranty. Now it's time for my three-word race review. Massey gotta go. Gone, please, by the start of next year. I just... There has been... And, you know, if you've been a listener of this podcast for many, many months or years, you will have heard that we've all very much gone in on the FIA in every single occasion, not just in the Hamilton Verstappen battle, but just how it's been run, how marshals have been put in danger, et cetera, et cetera. There's so many different scenarios that have gone on uh, with Michael Massey in charge, which we haven't seen um, as much with previously when uh, Charlie Whiting, for example, was in charge. You know, I of course we didn't have the benefit of the FIA team FIA team radio but at the same time we also didn't witness so many different crazy rubbish decisions going on in my opinion that's what i feel like there were f1 was in a much better place um before michael massey was in charge now i don't think massey is the only person that is responsible for this of course he is the scapegoat he is the one at the front doing the team radios etc cetera, etc cetera. there are clearly people within the the organisation that also you know need to be reformed and i don't know they need to they need to do an investigation as to what's gone on this season why has it gone so wrong at certain times and make changes for 2022 and if they just go on with it and be like ah next year will be better it will just be the same thing over again so you know massey got to go is very strong uh but i feel like he's had many many chances for him as the lead figurehead 
to try and make improvements and we haven't seen it. So it's been a whole season. How long do we have to go before something catastrophic happens? And then we go, okay, Matthew should probably go. Like it, it has to be preemptive rather than reactive. It's so true. Um, I will bite my tongue a little bit. Well, firstly, no, we, we, oh, do you mean I have permission to go, go on in. a full on go rant? Go in, go in. I'm going to make I'm a hot drink. Prepared. <laughs> well, Massey, there's no doubt in it. Massey's actions have put the FIA into total disrepute with his actions. It's massively disappointing that, like you say, this isn't a case of the last four races we've gone in on Massey. Um, since I joined the podcast last October, I kid you not, I think I've made some kind of comment on the way Massey has handled certain situations on every single podcast, whether that was, I think I started in Portugal for last year, but like Imola, um, when we had the cars going around after the safety car, I think it was Stroll and a few others who were literally foot to the floor with stewards still on the track. We had an issue in Turkey last year where the cars were sent out and there was still a crane on track retrieving a car. And this is just at the end of 2020. And then in 2021, um, it's just been every weekend. And if the FIA, like I said earlier, and I'm not going to go back on my word, but the FIA need to back Massey and his decisions to an extent and, you know, support him through what could be potentially a few ugly months of if Mercedes do decide to appeal and and take it to court or whatever. But then after that, surely there's got to be some sort of process where they say, right, as an individual, you have brought shame to the FIA essentially, and that needs to have consequences Um, because, you know, we've just had one of the best seasons of Formula One that we're ever going to blim and see. It's been phenomenal, sensational. I just, I am so, feel so privileged to have watched and reported on this F1 2021 season. But it's the one thing we're all talking about is how it's ended and how it's kind of felt soured. And that is due to the actions of the FIA and in particular, Michael Massey. We've seen, as Tommy mentioned, that he seems to be heavily influenced by Toto Wolff and Christian Horner through these messages that we're now getting broadcast since the Spanish Grand Prix this year. And um, he just comes across as (laughs) very weak and indecisive um, man. And that's not the kind of person who should be heading up the the governing body's race director. yeah, if the FIA don't let him go, then I think we can only ever see more issues and more inconsistencies and saying, well, in 2021, Michael Massey or the, the stewards decided this, and now they're deciding that. I think the whole thing would be better. Now we've got new regulations coming in 2022 is just to clean slate it all. Like I said, go through the rule book, get a new hierarchy of people, get a new race director. Michael Massey did his best taking over from Charlie Whiting, you know, incredibly, incredibly difficult shoes to fill. And I ha- I can sympathise him with that. But um, the way that he's just handled this whole 2021 season um, has put a dampener on several occasions throughout the year. And most importantly, the, the finale in Abu Dhabi. Thanks. That wasn't even, I didn't have any notes for that. That was all from the heart. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, thank you coming, yeah. for coming to my Katie talk. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I need to end that. Yeah. Thanks for coming to my TED talk. There you go. 
you're right. I don't. For, yeah, I don't envy him at all. It is such a tough job, and now with the way Formula One and motorsport, uh, and just generally sport. I mean, look at referees now and and how much you know abuse they get online and all this kind of stuff like you wouldn't want to be in his position he's he's got to make extremely tough calls and he had to make an extremely tough call at the end there that essentially is deciding the world championship and for me Toto and Christian have, have been the ones that are deciding the rules this season not Michael Massey and him getting sassy on the radio with Toto at the end where he said, uh, where Toto was moaning at him and he went, what did he, what, what, I can't it's remember what he said. Race. That's it, it's called a motor race. Uh, you, you know, shut him down. That should have happened in Bahrain. Not, not on the final lap, not on the, not on the in lap of the final race of the season. I, I genuinely wouldn't care if um, in Bahrain or whatever, He'd have told them both to shut up and put in and basically gone, you don't get to talk to me anymore. And I'd actually have more respect for him if he did that. He's he's basically being influenced too much by other people. And yeah, yeah, it's it's hard because it's not it's obviously there is a lot of blame on him. Um but yeah, Christian and Toto are just like in his ear, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to, <laughs> I wouldn't have wanted to make that call at the end there. Um, but for me, yeah, it's just a case of like, why is he making the like, why is he putting his foot down now on the very last lap of the, well, not even the last lap, the 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 parade, sorry, the in lap of of Bahrain to say no, I decide the rules. Please, please, could you have just said that in Bahrain, and 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 then the whole season. He can, you know, just say like, "My call is final. I make these calls. My call, I, my call, my call oh. is final." Oh, I um, get it. Yeah, that's what he needs to do if he if he is back Gets in Bahrain. Match made. My call, my call is final. Yeah, but he he needs to just. Yeah, we need someone that basically puts their foot down and don't care what. Uh, of course, the biased people on the radio uh, that work for the team that want to win are telling him he needs to say, no, I make the rules. And it's not going to be popular, but it's not going to be pop. Like we said, if he'd left the safety car out, everyone's, oh, Hamilton Mafia. And now yeah. he's taken a safety car out and it's FIA Ma- ball. Mafia has now become <laughs> Max assisted FIA. So they've just updated the meme to a different thing, which shows that oh, there's no, they, there's, they no, there's, no bi- the there's no well. bias. It's just literally just tough calls. And people, um, yeah, it's just, it's just annoying, isn't it? Um, but yeah. Yeah. And it's the indecision <laughs> from Michael Massey is yeah. the main thing. And that's probably, as you say, Tommy, through all the voices in his head and then the Toto and uh, Christian and everybody else. Uh, just trying to sway him one way or another, um, but yeah, he he um, he stuck up for himself a little bit too late, in my opinion. A yep. bit like, yeah, Antonio Giovinazzi putting in good good performances after losing his job doesn't <laughs> yeah. quite uh, work. Anyway, next question: City Gaming. Why does so many think the race weekend was all in favour of Red Bull when Hamilton didn't get a reprimand in FB uh, free practice and the subsequent grid penalty was allowed to overtake off track and keep the position? And Toto got the VSC he demanded from Massey. Now, I, I love. I say I love in the lightest term possible uh, people that 
love to kind of mold their own storylines from things. And fair enough, like you can say that Hamilton was lucky to not have a reprimand in free practice. Uh, but I guess there is arguments for and against that. You know, he came, I think he came out the pits, didn't he? And, you know, there are, and it wasn't as bad as Saudi because of the nature of the track. Um, was allowed to overtake off track and keep the position. Again, you know, there were both sides of that. And some people thought it was no investigation necessary. Some people thought it should have been investigated. Uh, and then Toto got the VSC he demanded from Massey. I'm not quite sure if that was a thing. I don't, I know Toto was he saying said, he didn't want, no, he he said, didn't please want no safety the safety car, car for Antonio Giovinazzi's stricken um, Alfa Romeo, but that was never going to be a safety car, in my opinion. I don't think you can say that Toto influenced that decision because it was by a um, uh, an exit of the track and, you know, VSC is what they usually put out for that sort of stuff, in my, as far as I'm aware. Still shouldn't be allowed to say it, though. No, no, no. He shouldn't be allowed yeah. to say it, but I think saying that Toto got what he wanted was not exactly what um, I don't think is fair. Uh, but look, again, we, we, we're kind of coming back to the fact that the FIA in I think all of our humble opinions, were not trying to favour one way or another. They were trying to favour entertainment and they were trying to let them race, but let them race close and get it down to the last lap. There wasn't any siding with one or the other. And uh, I don't think really you can, you can say that either had more rubber the green, despite Max getting that thing at the end. Like there were so many different yeah. factors as City Gaming comes in with. I think we can all agree with that. While it sort of pales into to insignificance now but if it had have been um just gone the distance i think we all know the incident we'd have been talking about what yeah. what were your opinions on the first lap i'd love to know what both of you think okay all right well thank you tommy uh well uh i was quite outspoken put it on twitter and i said that well my immediate reaction was i agree with no investigation necessary now that t- time has processed i still feel like hamilton did not deserve a penalty but i feel like for the sake of the sport and the sake of the fia looking like it, they were in control they should have investigated it because it is literally a championship deciding moment potentially and it probably was if we didn't have that safety car at the end so for me i think hamilton was right to carry on because max went in yeah he, he stayed on the track but they left absolutely no room for hamilton and i don't know where people and again you know i'm an armchair expert i don't know the entire rule book inside out but as far as i am concerned you still have to leave a width for the car if you're overtaking into the, such a corner as that and max left none of that hamilton tried to turn in tried to stay on the track couldn't so then carried on did he gain an advantage probably a little bit and I think he should have let off more than what he maybe did because he kind of just cleared off after that. But no, I don't think there was any penalty needed. And I don't think that Max deserved to be ahead of that after that lunge. Thank you for coming to my Matt talk. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, I think the decision of, you know, not putting a penalty in either was was the right call. Um, but the one thing that I would bring to attention is that it was mentioned that Hamilton had you know given some of the time back that he was alleged to have gained by taking that route I would argue that we didn't see that I know it would have only been you know a, a minor amount of time in the grand scheme of things and the way the race panned out you know um it, it could have easily been caught up but yeah that was a I remember thinking at the time, I was like, oh my goodness, this is it. This is going to be the incident that people are going to talk about uh, on how the championship was decided. But um, FIA were like, no, <laughs> this is going to be the incident we're going to talk about in the last lap. So 
yeah, I think it was a, a fair move. Ballsy from Max, but then aren't all of his overtakes a bit rough and ready? And that's one of the reasons why I've enjoyed watching this championship so much is because Max has bought a, a new aggressive driving style that we might not have seen for a long time. And, you know, some people do compare him to somebody like maybe a Schumacher and that he's kind of come in, ruffled some feathers with his driving style. Um, but that's how uh, how champions... Or a Lewis um, Hamilton, a young Lewis yeah. Hamilton as a Channel 4 brilliantly did that montage on. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't, wouldn't disagree with that. Montage. Yeah. I mean... Well, tell me your thoughts. I mean, you already know what my thoughts are, but I'll say it anyway. Um, I think it's, yeah, it's definitely marginal. For me, it's not anywhere... You know, I'm happy to admit that Brazil and Saudi, he didn't stay on the track, so it's not it's not fair. Um, for that one, he stayed on the track. He just lagged um, a bit. Did I? Yeah. Yeah, so he stayed on... Uh, he's, for me, he stayed on the track, and I'm surprised... You know, I guess you can argue that Hamilton, um, you know, shouldn't uh, have to defend a wild lunge. But at the same time, I think he left the door open that Max was always going to take that opportunity. Um, so for me, it's a very tough call. Can't pretend I'm not a little bit biased and think that he made the track and it was fine. Um, but what I would say is I think it should have at l- very least been investigated and I don't think that yeah. Hamilton conceded enough um, when he just like launched it over the cup. Because you could argue actually that a lot of the Verstappen moves that he's done at the start of the season, if Hamilton knew he could do that now, and this is where it goes into the inconsistencies of what you can and can't do, things like Verstappen lunging up the inside, Hamilton, uh, where when it's happened, we've gone, oh, that's brilliant from Max because Hamilton's dodged it and got out of the way, and we go brilliant aggressive move from max can hamilton then just now just launch it over the, the runoff area and go actually he's going to crash into me if i didn't move mm. so yeah it's 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 difficult but yeah it, it, is it didn't it's not matter, clear cut. kind of <laughs> yeah exactly it's not clear cut and you know as, as much as i'm of the opinion that i don't think hamilton was in the wrong i completely understand where max fans and people on the other side of the argument think that um, you know, Hamilton got overtaken and then carried on across the runoff. But, you know, in my opinion, where was he supposed to go? That's that's basically my big thing is like he couldn't go anywhere. He tried to turn into the corner and couldn't. So for me, is that the best move possible when you push your rival off the track? Probably not. Anyway, moving on. I'd have loved question. to have seen that race carrying on with Max ahead and Lewis with a much quicker guard behind. That would yeah. have, that it certainly would have been a lot more entertaining in the middle yeah, uh, section good. of it. But Definitely. And hey, it, this is all fixed if we just put a gravel trap there um, and then you know, things <laughs> yes, are then decided so without being able to just cut across. Uh, next question is from Steph XN Reese. Do you believe that Massey was genuinely pressured by Christian into releasing the lap cars between Lewis and Max solely to allow Max to attack Lewis with the one lap remaining? Yes. I mean, to to give Christian Horner some credit, he has said, let them race at every opportunity this year. So at least he's consistent. That's mainly because Max has been the one that's been yeah, the, racer. Well, the racing, yeah, the racing, but, the more hey, aggressive the racer. Yeah. 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 So. <laughs> so true. But I think, yeah, I, I agree that Max, um, Massey was pressured in some regard. But then I think the pressure was also there already 
because of the fact all the teams had agreed that we're going to try and get a last lap showdown or, you know, we're going to have a green lap, sorry, uh, to finish the season. So I feel like the pressure was already there uh, before Christian came over. And, and that would be why Toto was so going so hard on the radio going, no, this isn't right. Don't do this. No, no safety Michael. guard. That, those, those that ruined the last. So weird. Isn't so it, weird. Yeah. it ruined the whole last lap for me. I'm sorry, but. I'm sure uh, like it was, it was incredible. Sure it was incredible. <laughs> it was incredible, but it's like, you know, we're having a wheel to wheel battle. Don't play like the Netflixy controversy over I the radio. I Let's just watch them like race. If you really want to watch them race. I feel like they played that because they thought it was done. I feel like they thought as soon as Max got past, he'd have better traction on the soft tires and it'd be clear with the low drag setup of that Red yeah. Bull as well, Lewis wouldn't get close. So I think that's why they then played it. But then again, it doesn't really matter. I don't think we needed it full stop until, you know, post-analysis or whatever. Uh, so I do agree on that, that it just was a bit like, oh, they're arguing, but we're watching a great fight. With uh, uh, with Christian and, and Toto, I don't know if you guys agree, I mentioned it on the uh, little live chat we did recently after after the the race. Mm. why are they allowed to be like what benefit like surely michael massey makes the decision or whoever the fia stewards are like in football if you make a tackle what like they don't have a debate with the managers and what why why are they allowed to say anything because because however much they, they say like oh they're just giving their point there will be there will be bias and things stick in your head and there's no doubt that however much you have an opinion, someone shouting another opinion at you, it does get in your head a little bit and you might change your mind a little bit and things like that. So I don't understand why there is no, why they need to even let them speak to them. They can have it, but like leave them on red, mate. The team's communication. <laughs> yeah. Just have it on emails. Um, it doesn't, it doesn't check his emails. During the- <laughs> yeah. yeah. The teams, the teams are supposed to, well, allow are allowed to communicate with them. Because if they want to take something to the stewards, right? If they want to highlight an incident and say, we're not happy with this, can you investigate it? So I can understand why there is that port of communication, but I think there needs to be a, an element of professionalism and also, a, okay, well, if you're going to bug me with things like this, then we're just going to put you on timeout or something. And then they literally can't communicate with them. There needs to be some sort of process there, I guess. Uh, put them in a sin bin or something. Uh, and then that'll be, that'll be good fun. I mean, you think how much we hear, I mean, with the graphic that we've now got this year, it only ever seems to be Mercedes and Red Bull that ever protest or say anything to Michael Massey. If he's got people from teams up and down the grid like the poor bloke must just constantly have like, hello, I'm speaking to this person. Oh, let me just speak to this person, speak to this person. Yeah. I agree. I think it's important to have that line of communication in case there are events where, like you say, uh, further down the grid, uh, Sebastian Vettel has cut up Esteban Ocon or something on, on the track and it might have been missed by TV direction. And so pop on the blower. Hi, Michael. Esteban's just said that Sebastian Vettel's cut him up into turn three. Can you investigate it? Thanks hang up but like you say when it's to the point where toto wolves literally having a crisis being like no michael don't do it like that's <laughs> that's drawing a line it's like a some sort of action movie expect like gerard butler or somebody to make a similar kind of thing in a hollywood movie it's not the kind of <laughs> conversation you'd expect uh, in the final lap of a race interesting thing in the chat chris warburton you get two challenges per race it's like a tennis Ooh, that's you cool have like yeah, a, so, yeah to- like so toto's imagine that if Toto had um uh, sorry yeah if Toto had uh wasted his two challenges on being like please don't do a safety car and then that had happened at the end and he didn't get to argue 
<laughs> I mean, I think that would be a little, maybe a little bit too much. Yeah. But, um, oh yeah. It is quite a funny, quite a funny. Uh, yeah, I like that idea. <laughs> Do you? Bring that yeah. in. Imagine that yeah. too. Like, oh yeah. So uh, Verstappen went wide at this. Corner. I think maybe. The last one just get yeeted and they can't say anything. Yeah. Maybe in the off season we do a, a a podcast where we just talk about like FA rules, what we do, all this kind of stuff, and get like yeah, suggestions. We could just be stuff. the FIA. I love that. Right. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Next question from Team WTF1 member Ellen. When it looks like Massey made the decision to create drama rather than racing, do you think it will attract a different fan base and we lose fans that have been following for years? I don't think so, just purely because of how amazing this season has been. I think it satisfies the hardcores. Of course, will be some people that say, I'm never watching F1 ever again after Abu Dhabi, but uh, I guarantee joke. they'll be watching <laughs> in the first round next year in Bahrain. Um, of course, there will be a, a you know, bit of negativity after this, and you know there'll be frustration, especially in the Hamilton fan base camp, but we'll come back and... It's amazing for the sport. I have already said that if the if the FIA are you know this much of a clown show consistently, we will lose people hundred percent. But you know we've also mentioned there you know the flip side to everything because you know we've mentioned that this is literally everywhere. Everyone's talking about it. <laughs> Harry Kane's tweeting about it. Like that Gary Lineker that they're all jumping on this. Oh F one. I mean this thing happened. Jeez, have you seen it? And it's only going to be good for the sport in terms of the overall audience numbers. Um, but keeping them is another matter if we're going to have lots of different uh, and inconsistent decisions. Yeah, agreed. Not much more to add. Cool. <laughs> Katie? Yeah, yeah I, think, I think it's fair. Like you say, there'll be people that have been turned off by this whole thing and there'll be others that think oh my god every race is dramatic oh you should tune into this so oh god, i yeah, think tune it into will monaco work see how that goes <laughs> okay gonna be a banger next yeah. year <laughs> yeah gonna be a banger right, okay. so no snow just gonna win it and oh my god <laughs> you get a max champion this year you want sonoda yeah. champion next year god, is that, is that so much to ask leclerc's gonna be up there please leclerc versus sonoda for the championship uh tommy <laughs> We're still on three-word race reviews. Wow. Uh, but we're going to go to your one now. So mine is a worthy champion. Oh, here we go. Yeah, yeah I knew fair. you. I, I literally <laughs> knew you were going to say that. Um, <laughs> so, so I will just say, in all, all the controversy, it's a shame that we're essentially not talking about the fact that a world champion has been crowned, a new world champion who has been absolutely brilliant this season. And, you know, it's not... <laughs> You, you can argue he's got a very fortunate bit of luck at the end of the season. But for me, the season's over 22 races and he has had some very poor luck. I mean, I put a stat out that if he'd have finished second in that race to Hamilton, he would have finished first and second in every race. He'd got the most podiums ever in an F1 season. Um, yeah, first and second in every single race other than the ones that he didn't finish. And those races were Baku, which was, wasn't his fault. Silverstone, it's contentious, but I guess if you go on the FAA, it was Hamilton's fault. Yeah. And so lost a massive chunk of points. Uh, Hungary, when he got yeeted by Bottas, not his fault. Uh, and Monza, which, fair enough, he got, got the penalty for. So he's lost a big chunk of points in that. And it's a shame that, you know, especially especially here in the UK, obviously we're um, a lot more uh, 
involved in the sport and know more about it. But, you know, I was watching on the news this morning and the whole narrative is just like, Max Verstappen didn't serve that title. Hamilton's been robbed. And there's no doubt in my mind that Hamilton 100% was robbed of that Formula One race. However, I don't think you can argue that Max is not a worthy champion. Of course, I don't think that like, you know, he like it's it's such a shame because I would have loved like him to just win it in the final race and be this big celebration and not all this controversy. But yeah, I think we should applaud um Max's season and also like it just shows how how much of a ridiculous season you have to have to beat Lewis Hamilton. You as have well. to finish. So, yeah, every single you race you finish, you have to finish first, first or second. second. <laughs> and you still and he still almost didn't beat Hamilton. And, you know, at the end of the day, they didn't that you can say they handed it to him on a plate, which, yes, it, he got very fortunate at the end. But, you know, he still had to make the move. And my God, the 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 pressure is almost like an F1 scenario mode, isn't it? Like you have one chance to win the world title. You've you know, you've got got you've got to make this move. So, yeah, for me, um, I think uh Verstappen serves it on the season, but also credit to Hamilton. The two of them have been absolutely unbelievable. And for me, I just don't want this controversy to overshadow the fact that we've seen two of the greatest drivers in the sport ever have this unbelievable title fight. Um, and it's just been amazing. And I hope it continues again and again, because these two are just, they've been another level all season. It's been awesome. They have. Uh, that's the uh, version of a Katie rant, but it's a Tommy just. Tommy's is more wholesome <laughs> and lovely, Tommy and passionate. I'm like everyone should abandon the FIA. <laughs> Verstappen. Uh, yeah, how, nice. how dare I mention that he's won the world oh, title no. and we should oh, celebrate? No, please, you should, again, you should be wearing the cape. I don't know why you're not. It's an absolutely just. I wore it for the for the Put race. It on at the end. Yeah, I saw a picture. I think Katie didn't. Uh, not you, Katie. Your wife, Katie, um, took a picture of you. I realised. So I was like. Oh no, chinks him before I had the cape. And then I realized the only other time I've worn it was Zandvoort and he won. So literally on the formation lap, I ran downstairs and put it on. <laughs> so it's it's got magical powers, clearly, because magical, uh, yeah. it makes uh, crazy decisions. Happen. Or had you taken it off by the end of the race? Oh, imagine. And you know, lap 57, you lap through this. They're yeah, not letting not the, they're not letting the lap cars through, whips the cape <laughs> off, and all of a sudden, no, no, we'll let them through, we'll let them through. <laughs> uh, to be fair, yeah, we did uh, you did jinx it quite hard with all the Lewis Hamilton prep champion tweets and things like that. Um, but back to Max, yes, hundred percent he is a worthy champion. Uh, you know, he has been sensational this year. He has outperformed that car. And I know Christian Horn is very biased, but he's he has said that he has taken that Red Bull to another level. Um, you know, and you only have to compare the, both of them to their teammates. They have trounced uh, both Perez and Bottas this year. And, you know, I don't think there's probably been a season for a very long time where two people, two drivers have deserved the championship so much, but only one person uh, could win it. And over the season, yeah, I have to agree. Max probably did deserve it a little bit more than Lewis. If you look at it on paper, all the bad luck that that Max has had, you know, there are big point swings. You know, of course, Hamilton made that mistake with his brake magic. He made the mistake in Imola. Uh, he's had these moments, you know, a mistake in Silverstone. You know, Hamilton has had mistakes. He hasn't been the perfect Lewis Hamilton that we maybe once, I don't know, once knew. I'm trying to say, I'm making it sound like he's past his prime, but I mean, he is what, 36 now, isn't he? So he is, uh, he's getting on. Um, but, you know, 
Max did everything he possibly could, had lots of bad luck. And yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much echoing what Tommy says. Uh, he 100% does deserve to be a, uh, the champion this year. And it just sets us up so beautifully for next year. You know, Lewis, you know, of course, if no protests happen, I just read on Twitter actually from uh, Ben Hunt that uh, Toto tw- um, messaged Verstappen saying that he deserved the title. Uh, so Is that when that... he was uh, absolutely smashed and crowd Yeah, he tweeted one hour ago. Ben <laughs> Love Hunt, you, mate. <laughs> ben Hunt tweeted one hour ago. He writes for this. The Sun. Sun. Is, yeah, yeah. The Sun. Maybe not say that. Uh, just caught up with the new <laughs> F1 world champ after a night of celebrating. Says he's received a text from Toto Wolf congratulating him on the season and saying he deserved to win it. I don't know how much you want to read into that as to whether or not we're not going to see a protest or not. Um, but uh, yeah, that, uh, that's that's something. So yeah. So I'm going to send you something in the post to say congrats and it's just the appeal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm mega pleased for Max, like you say, very deserving of this championship. The way that he's managed to challenge Lewis Hamilton, who, you know, a seven-time world champion, and for it to go so close is just an absolute um, privilege to have watched them both race. Yes, it got a little bit ugly towards the end of the, end of the season, but um, I would say that that Verstappen was a very deserving champion. I would have been happy for Hamilton to win it as well. Um, I think that both of them have proved that they were equally worthy. Um, As Fernando Alonso said, if only we could cut the championship trophy in two. Um, I don't know if you guys, it's probably not your target audience, but uh, there's a scene in Mean Girls, (laughs) the cult classic Mean Girls, where um, she went to prom queen. Yeah, exactly. She wins prom queen (laughs) and she has a crown and she snaps the crown and she throws it out and like symbolizes that like everybody kind of deserves it. And that's the kind of how I feel the same for this trophy. That's what you would wish. Fair. Yeah, just straight down the middle. But um, at the end of the day, Formula One, there is only one winner. It was Max Verstappen. It's a shame that all of the stuff with the FIA and the way the race ended has kind of overshadowed that a little bit. But yeah, I'm absolutely thrilled to see a new world champion um i'm always happy to have a change fresh blood all that kind of stuff come in and and make these uh these changes to how history is going to look which is cool um and yeah many congratulations to him one thing i will add before i change my point as well is um i was listening to the races podcast this morning um, and scott mitchell who was there in abu dhabi was explaining that lewis hamilton didn't attend the press conference um and go to the media pen after the race and before everybody leaves comments saying oh look he's such a baby and bad loser all this kind of stuff apparently it was more a decision from above to say because we've protested we don't want anything said by you to the media so as Scott explained it he thinks that Hamilton would have been more than willing to attend press conferences media pens etc um but that was more of a decision above him not to do it so I thought I'd just clear that up as well I don't think even the biggest Max fan in the world could begrudge Hamilton for Mm. for not being too happy and the fact that he I I think he was extremely respectful and fair play to him at the end of the race um definitely definitely a lot more respectful uh than his team Uh, obviously like his team went uh ham on the whole thing but I think he conducted himself extremely well you know obviously you can argue oh well he's got seven titles already but you know he I'm not going to deny that he wouldn't have deserved it as well and he's you know fair play to him good stuff next question United or UTD underscore Ralph 
what would be the procedure if the result is overturned? There are tons of videos and posts about Max Verstappen winning and already a lot of celebrations. Can all of this just be deleted and replaced that easily? I mean, no, it's not easy. Um, if they did go for this protest because the higher powers of Mercedes go, you know what, we're going to take Red Bull on. Um, yes, they can. It, it can absolutely be overturned by the um, the tribunal, whatever you want to call it, the International Federation of changing rules um but uh yeah yeah it can be changed and it's a massively long legal process it'll be months of it it'll be lawyers it'll be people that have no idea about formula one um but yes it can uh, it's unlikely uh because of just the fact that there's already been a decision and this is an appeal process uh but yeah it it's it's it does look very unlikely that max verstappen will lose his title uh but it doesn't mean it's impossible Exactly. Um, there is shush. an article. <laughs> Sorry? I was joking. I said, I said shush. Oh, okay. Because I don't want to edit them. Oh, okay. I was like, I can, I can stop talking. <laughs> Sorry. I was going to say, there's an article on WTF1.com which explains the whole process of what happens if Mercedes do decide to appear. That, yeah, essentially it would go to the FIA's International uh, Court of Appeal, which deals with special FIA disputes um and then it's likely that that would take weeks potentially even months um so goody i i can't imagine we well we won't have a, a result by christmas i don't think but i yeah like i said earlier i have a feeling that mercedes will just have a fresh look on it today and go yes it was rubbish yes um beyond peeved but for the sake of mercedes brand image as well we'll just Leave it be. Congrats, Max. Yeah. Yeah, especially after the whole like we do our talking on the track and then doing those things. <laughs> we do I mean our talking in the courtroom. Yeah. I think Mercedes were always gonna be there to protest almost whatever happened. You know, I think they were there. Um they had a lawyer there because there was and and to be fair to this is also what's kind of annoying about the whole the whole situation is the whole narrative before the um the race was like Max is going to crash to win the win the title and stuff, and he's not done that, and it's still controversial. It's kind of uh, annoying, but yeah, it's um, yeah. Mercedes were always going to do everything to protest it. Clearly, I mean, the safety car thing was the biggest reach I've ever seen in my life. But I totally understand why they're miffed about the uh, sorry the overtaking under safety car. I should explain that. Um, but I totally understand why um, they are more than uh, a little upset about the way it was conducted in terms of the procedure. Yeah, but yeah, definitely. Please just... <laughs> really yeah, we, just I mean, we can't have Lewis Hamilton winning his record-breaking eighth title in a courtroom uh, because some lawyers decide that that's the case. You know, they, I think what they need to do from here is understand where the mistakes lay, uh, were. Um, you know, as long as you know there is some kind of procedure that has been followed even if that procedure is wrong there's not much you can really do about it but uh moving forward to next year that needs to needs to be amended uh okay moving on let's let's forget all of that now let's move on from courtrooms and stewards so like carlos Sainz, who was p3 and uh i mean beat Charles Leclerc in the championship, beat everybody apart from the two Mercedes and two Red Bull drivers, finishing P5 in the championship, first season for Ferrari. I mean, that is an unbelievable 22 races from, from the Spaniard and beating none other than Charles Leclerc. I'm okay, I'm over it, whatever, I don't care. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a good thing to put on his CV. 
And he's only going to go from strength to strength in that team as he beds himself in because Ferrari, you know, we've heard from previous drivers there, they have a very different philosophy in the way they work that it takes a little bit of time to bed in. So Carlos, you know, you've got to take your hat off to him. He has been really, really good. Yeah, he's, he's, there's so many memes about him being the forgotten man. He always seems to like do something incredible when it's an absolutely crazy race and it's not the main narrative, even though like, so obviously like this, you know, we, we're rightly giving him some some time to talk about what an amazing season he had, but um, it always there's always some like crazy story going on when he's, he does something amazing. But yeah, Carlos Sainz, one of the drivers of the year for me, um, when every other driver that moved teams had such a struggle, even someone as experienced as Daniel Ricciardo, um, and he's jumped into a Ferrari, I... I if you'd told me that he would have beaten Charles Leclerc, I'd, I would have said you're lying. Basically, I, I didn't see. I didn't think that, and I rate him very highly. And I think he, um, or, can, you, you can almost know would beat Gasly. That's <laughs> yeah. the level. Of... <laughs> he did at the end. Um, I'm <laughs> you're not going to try and take that. No. <laughs> yeah, only because your last race exactly. Um, but yeah, science. Science has now gone up in his career against like. Yes, he didn't beat Verstappen, but you know, like performed well against Verstappen. Probably, you could argue maybe the only driver that ever has. Um, and then uh, he's raced against Lando, who like the way Lando's been this season, and the fact that Carlos beat him, it's like wow, we, we've really seen how good Carlos Sainz is. And then you know he's had this amazing season at Ferrari in his first year when everyone thought that whole team was like what Max is to Red Bull, like it's all built around Charles Leclerc and Vettel's been sabotaged and he's been kicked out and all this kind of stuff and Sainz is going to be rubbish and he's beaten him in the championship. I mean, fair play to him. I, I hope the Ferrari's good because that is going to be spicy, him and uh, Charles Leclerc racing at the front together because it's not really got too um, heated yet, but you've you've had those moments where you feel like they're on track oh, together and... A million percent, they are going to hate each other in five years. A hundred percent. The fact that they were racing so hard in Saudi and, you know, they're on the team radio telling, you know, I think it was signs telling uh, the team to give the place back because Charles took it, you know, he's going to get a penalty, blah, blah, blah. They're, if they are fighting at the front, they will crash a million times. I, I'm, I'm absolutely sure of it. Not a million times. Be they, this... won't, they won't race a million times. <laughs> Do you think they're going to be F1's next Hamilton and Rosberg? Oh, if, if Ferrari are the best team i think they could be worse personally i think that they Ooh. both they both truly believe they want well i'm not saying that anyone else doesn't but i just feel like those two personalities i don't know there's something about it mm. just, just from the glimpses we've seen this season i think it could yeah. be fireworks yeah oh i, I love agree. it but no i've uh really enjoyed watching carlos science flourish this year in ferrari when it got announced that he was going to ferrari and ricardo was going to mclaren to be honest i was a bit unsure about the decision i thought especially with his Italian roots, Riccardo would be a perfect fit for Ferrari. But actually, fair play, because Carlos has done such a phenomenal job there this year. And it goes without saying that he's not just rocked up, got in the car and gone fast. He's put so much work into embedding himself with that team. You know, at the start of the season, people at Ferrari were saying, we've never known a driver with so much dedication and showing up at the factory at like, 8am being like okay I'm ready to learn show me what I can do what can I do to help I want to absorb as much as I can so it's it's not a case of just rocking up at a racetrack maybe doing a few laps in the sim and you know just 
being quick on pace. Like he has really worked for this and I'm glad that it's been rewarded. Um, but yeah, Carlos Sainz has always been a bit of a, a rogue in the sense that he's hopscotch from so many teams that it's been quite difficult to sort of pair him up against. I know you said he was teammates with Verstappen and he was teammates with um, uh, Lando and obviously he had a time at Renault as well. But um, yeah, he's really, he's gone from being in like a tier list um, kind of, if there's five tiers, sort of maybe the second tier, but he's kind of pr promoted himself up to like being in the same category as the Leclerc's, as Lando, as Russell. Um, and I am mega excited to see what those two can do if the Ferrari is as competitive as we hope it will be with the new regs. So well so, done, Carlos. Science is a perfect example, I think, of um, not not everyone can be like a, a Lewis or Max where I think Carlos Sainz coming into Formula One was really good, but no one really knew how good he is. And then you give him a few years and then, you know, now I'm rating him really, really, really highly. It just does show that some people need a bit more time. More time. Yeah. It's not a case of like, oh, you do bad in your rookie year, you're absolutely awful and you should leave F1 immediately. So, mm. like Yuki Tsunoda. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Love it. I mean, Yuki has come on leaps and bounds. Uh, right, finally, before we get into ABT, the EF1, Kimi Raikkonen, driver of the day, but retired. Yeah. Uh, shame that we didn't get to hear the driver of the day interview, uh, which would have happened uh, with Kimi. Uh, but uh, I don't actually know what percentage of the vote he got. Do, do you guys know that? It's about 40. 40 percent. Really? Yeah, then well, it was, I feel like it was Perez uh, was second because of his defensive driving. And then it was I vote. I vote for yeah. Perez, sorry. <laughs> 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 uh, but yeah, of course, you know, saying goodbye to Kimmy, um, you know, had a pretty lackluster race up until he retired. So kind of faded off into the distance. But yeah, it's just sad to see Kimmy go. But as with as with we expected with Kimmy, he has just kind of gone and that's it. We'll probably never <laughs> see him again. Yeah, no, it is is a sad moment. Obviously, somebody is Kimmy with somebody like Kimmy that's got as much experience in this time and champ in the championship. Oh my god, I'm like really struggling. <laughs> I've just suddenly lost words. Um, but yeah, it, it will naturally be sad to, to see him go. And I love the shot of him leaving the paddock with one of his kids on his shoulders and holding hands with the other and his wife by his side as well. That was really, really touching. Um, but also equally as sad seeing Giovinazzi go. I don't know if you spotted the, the photos of him leaving the paddock where he's kind of just like left doing like a peace sign back to the paddock. And I think he said that he wants... He wasn't, he he, wasn't he, doing a peace sign. Yeah, yeah, the other way around. <laughs> like, see you losers. Yeah. Um, but oh, he seems very optimistic that he'll be back in Formula One. I don't know if that will be in a permanent drive or whether maybe he'll continue his relationship with Ferrari or something like that as a, as a reserve or development driver. But um, yeah, just sad that both of their final races in Formula One ended the way they did. But like Lance Stroll once said, sometimes you love the sport and it just doesn't love you back. Or if you're Kimmy, you love him and he doesn't love you back. Yeah. Sometimes it's just a hobby for him, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, it's such a shame. Like, obviously, the 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 joke was that everyone votes in driver of the day, and we get to hear probably one for one last time a kind of wow. unenthusiastic radio where he doesn't really care. Um, but yeah, shame shame he retired, but also at the same time, uh, it's it's not as sad knowing that Kimmy won't lose sleep over it. 
No, he probably he's gives already absolutely. Forgotten us. Yeah, he does not care. <laughs> yeah, absolutely not. He's probably hungover right now. Um, <laughs> right, let's uh, get into ABCDF1. Play wow. the jingle. Now it's time for ABCDF1. Okay, then. So this ABCDF1 is slightly different because we had to submit our our grades before the annual was printed. So there's no conferring. It's straight up Ooh. with grades. So maybe we'll get through it quicker because I think we're already into an hour and a half worth of podcast, which is impressive. Um, right. Let's start with. Oh, OK. Um, oh, this order is, yeah, is this the championship is order. Oh, okay, well, we're going to do it. We're going to do it in the way that we've, we've filled it out. OK, so we're going to start with Max Verstappen. OK. OK. I've gone with A. I will surprise you all by saying I've gone for A star. Yeah, um, I went for A star as well. I it, it was close, um, but I just have to give him the, the A star because it was literally a the the bottle to pull the move off against uh, arguably the one of the one of if not the greatest driver of all time. Uh, when you've got one chance to do it, I think is is pretty ballsy. So fair play. That's fair. I just went off of his pace generally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. So um, that's why I went for an A at Lewis Hamilton. So we've gone for an A star for Lewis Hamilton, and the fans gave him an A star as well. Uh, Lewis Ham, uh, sorry, Max Verstappen. Max Verstappen, even. Max Verstappen yeah. got an A star. Yeah, uh, and we gave him an A star as well. Uh, Lewis Hamilton. Uh, I've gone with an A. I've gone for A star. <laughs> I went for A star as well. I went for an A just purely because <clears> I felt like he could have defended more and better, um, and. You know, his pace was amazing and he should have won the race, but I felt like if I was going to give Verstappen an A, I'd go with an A for Hamilton as well. Uh, That's so totally fair comment. There. And uh, so the fans gave the, him an A star and there you have it. And we gave him an A star. Uh, oh God, this is so confusing. This is so confusing, yeah, right? Because the, cause the list different is different. Order. Anyway, Valtteri Bottas, I went for a C. C? I, w- I went for a D. You went for a C, Katie. Okay, so we've gone for a C and... The fans gave Bottas a C, and mm. uh, there you go. Sergio Perez, I went for an A. I went for an A, and I'm kind of regretting it because I no, think he would have. Yeah, I know it's printed now. <laughs> um, yeah. When I watched it back, I was like, oh, my God, that defensive driving was so yeah. good, and he would have finished third without his um, problem, which I was thinking this the entire time, and then they pretty much admitted it that, I think they maybe underfueled him, or there That's was a problem. I, I heard the rumor. I think it was yeah, an that. engine issue that his engine or power unit yeah. was and not great, so they didn't want to risk it. Yeah, there's absolutely no way if they saw anything on the telemetry that could delay the safety car, they're putting him in the pit lane and saying, "Sorry, Sergio, I know you're yeah. going to get a podium, but we cannot lose." This and that, that yeah, really yeah. does show how much they they put into it to make sure that Max won it. Like, yeah. it's it's the team game, and showed that they did not care about the constructors but they, they were never going to win the constructors in that last race imagine if hamilton conked out on the last lap or something and they <laughs> <the constructors. laughs> uh okay so i went, went for a star a, you went for an a star uh tommy went for an a but regretted not putting an a star but hey this is the wtf1 annual printed yeah now. uh so we went for an a uh, and the fans gave perez an a star uh, lots of a stars i feel, I feel uh, sad that i should have probably given all three of those an a star anyway <laughs> we want charles leclerc i went for a c i went for a c I went for a C as well. And the fans gave him a C. Uh, Lando Norris, I went for a B. Went for a B. Went for a B. Lovely. And the fans gave him a B. Carlos Sainz, I went for an A. I went for an A star. I went for an A star as well. 
fair. I clearly did this when I was not feeling. I was, <laughs> I was feeling. Grouchy, it's almost like clearly. we really had to uh, rush it and uh, get, yeah. get oh, the yeah. annual uh, very quickly. Give me your grades. I was like, okay. <laughs> um, okay, so A star for Carlos, and the fans gave him an A star as well. Uh, Daniel Ricardo, I gave a C. I gave him a D. I gave him a D as well. Fair. And uh, the fans gave him a C. Uh, this is so confusing. Uh, Pierre Gasly, I gave an A. A. <laughs> I messed up here. This was your misprint. <laughs> this was my misprint because I didn't quite realise where Pierre had finished. So I gave him a C. And now it's For in the annual place. and I can't take it back. Wow. Oh, there you go. So, yeah, I'm anyone that gets the upset. annual, you can get very angry when you see that particular page. I, I, yeah. I didn't mean it. Such a PA. <laughs> I didn't mean it. I'm I didn't sorry, think Pierre. he finished and I just went, C. <laughs> I, was like, I didn't see anything yeah. from him this race, C. And then I realised where <laughs> he, he finished. Uh, so, of course I did. I watched the um, the onboards from like Sonoda and Bottas because obviously that was all going on behind it. And um, Gasly tried to go round the outside of Sonoda into turn nine and uh, Yuki just ran him out wide. And uh, on, pushed him off. Fair play. And those two were uh, getting, yeah, getting close. Love to see that from Yuki. Okay, so uh, we gave him an A, and the fans gave Gasly an A. Uh, Yuki Sano. Wait, which one's next? No, that's not it. It's Fernando Alonso is next, actually, on this <laughs> list. Uh, I've gone for a B. 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 And the fans gave him a B. Uh, Esteban Ocon. B. I've gone for C because he didn't beat Fernando Alonso in the championship. We all know what that means. I went for a C as well. <laughs> oh, he only finished one place behind Alonso. You... Now he's being grouchy. Uh, and the fans <laughs> gave Ocon a B. Uh, Sebastian Vettel, C. Yeah, C. C. And the fans gave him a C. On the Overtake Award. Yeah, well done, Woo-hoo! Sebastian. Not sure if that's an, even a good thing to really uh, do. It just yeah. means you're terrible at qualifying. <laughs> Uh, Lance Stroll, uh, I went oh, for a C. C. Z. Fans gave him a C. Yuki Tsunoda, A. I'm going to surprise you all here and oh, say A star. God, wow. Love, love an A crazy. star. I've been nice yeah. at the end of season. You tell us in uh, Jesus, a few Yes, handing out the A stars. <laughs> Didn't even get a podium. He just gets an A star. Katie? Nearly did. Uh, I also went for an A star as well. Oh, my God. You're loving the A stars today. Uh, the fans gave him an A star as well. Uh, George Russell, C. D. Sorry? D. Okay. Uh, I went for a C as well. Okay. And the fans gave him a C. Mm. Uh, Kimi Raikkonen, I went for an A star. Oh, you went for the yeah. the kind Kimi, though. Yeah, I, f- I went for forgot Kimi. and just gave him a C. <laughs> the guy is literally the veteran of Formula One. And I was yeah. like, yeah, he's leaving F1. He gets an A star. So I love how that's my my first A star is Kimi Räikkönen, who was like yeah. an 18. He literally had the DNA. worst qualifying. And, yeah. <laughs> okay, so you both went for C. That's fine. We'll, we'll lock in a C. Uh, and the fans gave him an A star. Uh, Giovinazzi, A star. Wait, you've missed Latifi. Oh, geez, I'm on the wrong thingy. Uh, Nicholas Latifi, E. I went for an A stop note, uh, D. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Best driver ever. Um, I went for a D for Nicholas Latifi. He's fighting a hass. He gets an E, doesn't he, really? Come on. Um, and the fans gave Latifi an A star. <laughs> oh, you can tell some Max um, fans have got in with that one. I think uh, when I checked it, it was like half A star, half F. 
Um, no, that was Matt. So, Mazepin. Uh, F. Yeah, so like all the Hamilton fans gave him an F, oh, gotcha, and all gotcha, the gotcha. Max fans gave him. Okay, uh, next up is Antonio Giovinazzi. I gave him an A star as well. Uh, Giovinazzi got a C. I feel like he could should have got a B there. My bad. Yeah, I gave go him a C the, as well. God, you, God, both of you are so horrible. He's never 40, again. He's 40, again. Uh, Nicholas Latifi, for the record, got 40% of the vote was A star. And 17% was an F. They were the oh, most too okay. popular. Uh, Mick Schumacher, I went for a B. Uh, C? C? Yeah. I, I, I he do... was fighting hard against the Williams. Goat In Tiffy. a dustbin. <laughs> True. Yeah, and, and Latifi got an A star, so surely Mick yeah. Schumacher <laughs> should get a double. A <laughs> <laughs> star star. Um, uh, I went for a C. Oh, what? <laughs> Mick's been robbed. Tell me, uh, tell me, you got to the end of the list without really. (laughs) I was just like, I just need the submitted. See, see, see. The fans (laughs) gave Mick Schumacher a C as well. I can't believe, uh, you know, it was such an uneventful race. I really should have taken more notice of what Haas were doing. (laughs) One car. Uh, And the key to Mazepin, I just went for a C because C. Yes, he missed missed the race, didn't he? He did. Yeah, I only. And the fans gave him an F, but it was so close to an A star. And to be fair, he didn't get lapped, so that that's something. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, there's a first. Uh, I wish him. I wish him a speedy recovery from from um, from COVID. Uh, Right. So predictions for Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. I went for one of the teammates beats the opposite team's title rival. Nope. Nope. And Ferrari best of the rest. Yes. Yes. That was a good one. I went for tighty. Uh, title, tighty, tighty, <laughs> title, title battle is a Tommy's massive brain. anti-climate. I'm, I'm literally already thinking of final thoughts, and my brain is broken. Um, so you're welcome for it's that. A massive jinx. anti-climax. I you're think that, is, that deserves minus ten points. Like that, <laughs> you, so does Tommy massive. even have ten points? No, no, no. It doesn't. To be fair, it, he's going to a deficit into next year. Yeah, someone did the predictions, and I think I've got about three all year. Um, Kimmy wins driver of the day, and. Just to get a point, yeah. So you got a point. Check out the uh, old social graphic for that one. Uh, <laughs> boost my chances. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. cheating. Katie? Um, I went for the championship won't be decided by the checkered flag. Yeah. So, sorry, guys, yeah, that's nice. my fault. Um, and the circuit changes won't improve the racing. That is up for debate, up for debate. but I would so say no, because <clears throat> it was boring, apart from the bits oh. at the front. In, Wait, sorry, you, you, you say it won't, think, it didn't improve the I racing. I think it did. No, I don't think it changed. I would well, argue you're more. biased. Yeah, I won the points, guys. <laughs> I one. think it did improve it a little bit. Here's a here's a crazy theory for you all. Uh, all the talk of Karun Chandok changing that track to suit Mercedes, it was the lack of the chicane that allowed Max to do that dive bomb into the hairpin. Funny how that worked out after all that because you could argue that if it had got around the chicane, wouldn't have been able to follow. Clearer, Not, yeah. Hamilton would have gone down the straight maybe max didn't have the engine power so i would say it did very slightly sorry allowed Katie. him to pass it's it's very tough um you know what half a half point, a point. Think, yeah think half a point. Point. Thanks, there you go. Well i'm done. on the fence about it yeah uh oh, only thing you are on the fence about tommy you fan <laughs> right three fan predictions at milos zblonski hamverbot no Kendrick underscore one final <clears> classic <throat> Kimmy Radio moment. Nope. And literally everyone, Hamilton, Verstappen collide. No. So the fans get a solid zero points for the finale. 
un- unlucky there. We will be doing a ultimate season review podcast uh, coming out uh, 17 hours day, uh, probably next week um maybe end of this week not sure but um yeah where we can basically go through everything look at the season look where we were and where we are now i think for next year we'll have to do some bold <laughs> predictions i think we have to do like a championship table or something yeah we did bold we did a few bold predictions this year i need to look back at yeah them, we need but... to look back at that because that literally feels like i four think years before ago, testing so. as well we need to all put who we think yeah, maybe the top three will be oh, just in the whole an envelope oh yeah, yeah, yeah make yeah, some big yeah, predictions seal them in an envelope one. and then we can open them at the end yeah, that's a good idea. And then we can look at how bad we are at predicting stuff. I just want to clarify, my prediction, my big season <laughs> prediction was the closest of all of yours, even though it was wrong and I have to shout in London, but I'm taking that. I can't even remember what I predicted. You predicted you McLaren, McLaren would be second. Beat, McLaren yeah, beat Red Bull. In Monza, which they were. <clears throat> no. <laughs> and I predicted that uh, Yuki would beat Gasly and he did. So, <laughs> so we all win. Lovely. Apart from Yay. you, Katie. Right. Yeah. There we go. Right, we are done. We are finished. We are complete for the race review podcasts. Just want to say a massive thank you to everybody that has listened, watched, interacted, hashtag WTF1 podcasted, and everything in between, uh, because it's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, myself, Tommy, and Katie, I think it's fair to say we we love bringing you this, this stuff. Um, and to be honest, when we first started this podcast, uh, back before when Katie joined but we we always thought this was just an extra bit of content and no one really listened but it turns out that everybody loves this podcast um which is crazy to think uh well not everybody but you know what I mean so uh thank you so much everybody for listening to our terrible opinions um and that is yeah I mean it's just it's just a special thing to do for you guys so uh Tommy final thoughts yeah I, you it, into a security. yeah you did uh, my final thoughts is actually going to be um pretty similar um obviously we've been doing this for a very long time i've been doing it for 11 years now wtf1 and you don't even look 11 years i know exactly um (laughs) and if we're going down the cheesy route i'll say that uh this has been absolutely far and away like my favorite season working on wtf1 uh working with you guys having the amazing community that we've got um team wtf1 it's been awesome like having those guys in the live chat and it's made you know the podcast really fun uh, doing things like watch alongs and live streams and stuff it's been it's been brilliant and i've really loved the season and it doesn't matter that the fia did all this controversy because it's not going to ruin it because it's been an epic season and i've had a, a brilliant time covering it so there we go i love you too <laughs> hey too. Uh, yeah, echoing what you guys have said, it's been my first full season working on Formula One and it has been the best year of my life um, working with you guys. Um, and thank you as well for welcoming me so much to the, the podcast. It's been great fun and I feel like us three get on very well. We know how to have a good laugh and take the mic out of each other, which I think really adds to the dynamic of it all. Um, and yeah, thank you to all the team WTF one fans that re- um, join us for the live chat and everybody that sends us things on social media saying how much they enjoyed the podcast. Like I'm still absolutely blown away by the amount of people that shared their Spotify wrapped with us a few weeks ago and how many thousands of minutes people spend listening up to us just chat absolute 
rubbish (laughs) about Formula One is phenomenal. You guys are incredible. Um, And yes, I will look forward to having more rants. Maybe I'll have to find something else to rant about next year. But Katie's Rant Corner will be back. I'll just find something else to go off about. But, um, I hope it won't yeah, be as often. If Massey I mean, does everyone go, loves it. Yeah. But I hope, uh, for the if Massey does go, what are you going to talk about? Yeah. <laughs> I know. Well, I kind of need it because I feel like it's almost therapy just being able to let go of all my. Uh, well, the podcast will be like twenty-five minutes long. Yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe the rants will be about how good it is. Oh, it's just too good. It's, I just, I just love just it so much. Boring for God's sake. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah the next time you see a race review podcast from us it will be Bahrain next year but of course we have lots of podcasts coming don't think we're just switching off after this season we've got lots of stuff coming and we'll be doing as I say a review podcast and there will be lots of other stuff that we cover in between now and March when we kick off all over again so thank you Katie Tommy for your time as always and uh, thank you to you wherever you're listening or watching it's been a pleasure and uh, we'll see you very soon for another video bye Bye. Thank you. Thank you. It's emotional. My mic. Bye. 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 I love you too, Tommy. I'm so. I love you. Oh my God. You're so emotional. What the hell's wrong with us? Bye. Bye.